50,000 people used to live here. Now it's a ghost town. Welcome, one and all, to a very special, special episode of the Raconteur Collection. This topic is very near and dear to my heart, and not as near or as dear to Charlie's, but still dear. I am one of your hosts, Jack, and I am always joined by the other amazing, not as amazing, but amazing hosts, Charlie. Charlie? How are you doing today? Man, I am doing really good. Kind of tired. It's kind of a, it's always hard. I have uh, Friday and Saturday off from work. Mm, and I usually fall out off. of my routine of waking up early on my days off. And so last night I probably didn't get to bed. You know, I probably like had the lights off and everything around like by nine, but then like didn't really fall asleep till probably 1130. And so it was just kind of a long day. Kind of had some annoying customers at work today, but you know what? That's done. It's in the past now, and I don't have to worry about it anymore because yeah, it's done. So other than that, you know, I'm I'm doing really good. Had a really I had a good week. Had a good weekend. I felt like I was able to disconnect really well from work. And then, you know, as far as other updates, got the next episode of Tales of Ephemera lined up to be broadcast soon just you know working out some of the details about you know breaching realities and etc cetera, etc cetera, especially for closed oh, and latent worlds yeah i mean all oh, the yeah. stuff you know all the stuff you know about and i'm sure the audience yeah it's, it's, it's pretty new technology too so i understand yeah so uh books coming along still working on the glossary I uh, was able to talk about it a little bit. We were able to get together and celebrate our grandparents' 60th wedding anniversary. So it was nice to see oh everybody, goodness. especially after COVID and stuff. You know, like it was nice to see everybody. I was able to reconnect with uh, dad's side of the, or our dad's side of the family, which very, is always Very nice. much so, yeah. But, you know, really, man, other than that, not too much. It's kind of just been same old, same old, just trucking along, so... Not too much to report, really, this this week. Nice, man. That's well, compared I mean, to last you week. Know, so. And I personally, I had a good week as well. Um, last Monday, I had my extractions and root canal done. Uh, yeah. So I'm mostly recovered from that. So just a little sore, but not very much. Um, You know, but feeling good and just waiting to see what the next steps are going to be. So other than right, that, you know, right. worked the second week at my new job. Still feel good about it. It's, you know, honestly not bad at all, especially because I get to just zoom around on a little like uh, they call them walkie riders. It's like a mini it's like a mini forklift, basically. And so you're just, you know, and so drifting. uh, Oh, yeah. And I would just like get my music playing on this loudspeaker and nice. You know, I just we just kind of take it easy. So, you know, that was good. And then, like you said, we were able to kind of reconnect with some of our dads out of the family and I just still marvel at the fact that it's been 60 years that our grandparents have been married. Yeah. Um, that's pretty unreal. So, you know, you don't really hear or see that too often. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, I've been playing some Warzone. Really haven't touched Tarkov in a while. Taking yeah. a break from it. Playing some Apex Legends. Charlie and I played that the other day. And we actually, he and yeah. I together won our first match back. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, that, that so, was kind of wild. <laughs> it was it was pretty cool. And then 
you know, I started streaming Cry of Fear last night, mm-hmm. which that game is still freaky, dude. That's a freaky yeah, game. Yeah, it's freaky. Um, yeah, I agree. Definitely a good time playing it. I think that might actually be like the first YouTube video I make. It's kind of like a retro, a retrospective look back on this game and what makes it so impactful and good. As I'm playing it, That'd I awesome. kind of pull these clips and, you know, yeah. not only give like my initial thoughts, but then my relived re-experienced thoughts so overall yeah. great week not bad not bad at all so you know with all that aside a little, little bit of housekeeping out of the way if you don't mind charlie guys yeah. of no, course no, you're listening to the raconteur collection you can always reach us at raconteur collection at gmail.com we also have an instagram twitter facebook reach us there we love getting messages and your responses back on this show Ways you can improve, topics, feedback, whatever. We also have a Patreon, and we have many, many patrons right now. We have five patrons. Charlie, if you want to... uh, patrons. I mean, do you have the patron pulled up, or am I... I'm reading the patron list. Never mind. Uh, You usually do. If you have it... Yeah, I I was going to say, if you have it pulled up, I I have my Instagram stuff pulled up, so... Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Let me real quick. So, our newest patron is actually our sister, Lily. So we have Lily, we have Kate, Michael, Becky, and Jack Henry. I like how Jack Henry is the one where we just say his full name every single time. Yeah, <laughs> it's never just. It's always kind of. It's always kind of been that way. Yeah, though. or or Jay Hens, but uh, Lily <laughs> sent us a yeah. message uh, whenever she became a patron, saying, "Hello, I finally joined the Patreon. Now you can officially read my fan mail for every episode." The latest Lord of the Rings episode was so fun to listen to. It brought back many memories of watching the trilogy countless times with the fam. I have copies of the extended editions too, and are sometimes oh, and sometimes get a text from mum or dad asking to borrow them. Can't wait for the next Tales of Ephemer episode. Keep it real, y'all. And sometimes, sorry about the typo. So, thank you, Lily, for <laughs> writing in yeah. to the Raconteur uh, Collection awesome. on our Patreon. Awesome. I really appreciate that. You know, very heartfelt message there. And it's just having the support of our like immediate family like that too. Just it's really it's really cool. And yeah, always super nice. Yeah, so, Charlie, if you can take care of what we got on Instagram, we got some feedback on Instagram. Yeah, as well. so we got a couple a couple just small messages from our Lord of the Rings or Fellowship of the Ring episode last week. We got Noah the Foolish, one of our listeners, said he loved it, which is great. I'm glad you loved it, Noah. We love you. Uh, we also had Kate say, love this one. Can't wait for more Lord of the Rings oh, discussion. I agree that I really liked talking about Lord of the Rings and I kept wanting to jump ahead to, you know, Two Towers and Return of the King. And yeah. so definitely it's nice to have those kind of topics loaded up to know that, okay, hey, that's one we can do next. For sure. Um, And then we have, sorry, I was just I was chuckling reading this again. We have uh, Michael, Michael's comment on it, which just says, oh, I am Jack to listen to this Jack and Charlie. <laughs> but and, separate and Charlie, comments. yeah, and Charlie was another comment. <laughs> and I think they came through like in a different way because they were, you know, and Charlie's a smaller text. So in the thread, it says, and Charlie, oh, I am Jack to listen to this Jack. <laughs> classic Michael humor there. We also got a message here from Jack Henry, which was, it's always great to hear from Jack Henry. I feel like out of a lot of our 
listeners like Jack Henry is always has some like really great insightful comments. Same with Becky too. I mean, really, sorry, all of our patrons are very insightful, but yeah, but Jack, Jack Henry, I Jack think so far, very, like, he's very longer, similar. He sends us the longest messages so far. Yeah. And he has a very quick response to me talking about my running and kind of like it bothering my knees. And he says, yo dudes, fine listening to the episode, but wanted to respond to Charlie's running stuff. Not professional, but I run a good bit. A couple of suggestions. Make sure you're warming up, active stretching. I would just look up pre-running stretches. Also, sometimes running on the sidewalks, concrete can do that. If there's an option, run through grass or something a bit easier on your joints. And last, just don't overdo it. If things are hurting while you're running, it's better to stop than make things worse. Obviously, you should feel uncomfortable while running because you know working out is uncomfortable and that's how you get better. But if you're in pain, that's not good. And then also just make sure to stretch after. Almost 27 and really feel it when I don't stretch after a run, even if it's less than I normally do. So Jack Henry, thank you so much for that. Yeah, I think, you know, I think I just overdid it a little bit um, and just thought oh hey i've done i've run a mile before a mile's not that long it doesn't take that long i'll mm-hmm. be fine and i think it's just something i need to build back up to again you know i'm not in high school anymore it's just like the last time i <laughs> did any running at all but we'll get there you know still working out still progressing yeah so that's, that's i mean going, if i can add if i can add real quick and, i mean even our bro- younger brother george yeah. uh, he runs a lot like he runs like five three miles all the time uh, but he hasn't been running recently right. because he uh, felt a little pain like in his foot or something like that and so he was like i'm not gonna you know, mm-hmm. damage my body at all. I think we also got some good education from that area from our dad because he did damage his knees when he was younger. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, you know, we kind of don't want to do that. So we, it's, well, and our, I mean, and our mom too. Yeah. She ran a, was it either a marathon or a half marathon and she like hurt her hip really bad as well. So mm-hmm. like it's, you know, you should gotta, you gotta be careful. I, Push yourself, you know, to, but don't exert yourself. Exactly. I, that's why I think I've really fallen in love with these workouts I've been doing recently, which is this YouTube channel called body project. Highly recommend it for people out there looking if like videos are your type of thing, but they do, they focus a lot on like low impact workouts. So you're not putting a lot of pressure on your joints. In fact, like they have like modifications to do like, Oh, low impact jumping jacks, you know, low impact this or that. And it's been really nice because it's like, I can feel like I can push myself without, being like, oh man, I'm hurting now. I'm hurting because you know you want it to be like Jack Henry said. You want it to be uncomfortable, but you don't want to be in pain. So, <laughs> all great feedback. Thank you so much for that message, Jack Henry. Yeah, it's really, really good. We really appreciate it. And guys, just send send in more, send in more. And don't worry, we do have some special guest episodes coming down the pipeline soon. Uh, we just gotta get some communication running back and forth, and then we'll get those up for you. So, hey. Expect some in the near yeah. future. Yes. Charlie, are you ready to jump into today's topic? Oh, I'm ready. Okay. I'm ready to so, repel into this topic. Most people have heard I'm ready of... ready to put on my ghillie suit and crawl through the radioactive grass to this topic. Most yes. people have heard of Call of Duty, but not many people 35,000 really... people lived here. Now it's a ghost town. No, it's 50,000, <laughs> you dummy. Oh, dang it. thousand people to live here. Now it's a ghost town. Yeah. Um, Sorry. I'm sorry. But so, so Call of Duty, you know, in back in the day with Call of Duty, I forget, I don't know if the, I think it was just Call of Duty, Call of Duty, the big, like the red one or the big red one, 
Um, there's another mm-hmm. one. And then there's Call of Duty 4, Modern Warfare. And that's what we're talking about today. So Call of Duty 4 broke away from the first three in that the first three were all about World War II. Because World War II like, was the big first-person shooter for a long time. Like If you're doing a shooter game, it was in World War II. That was like the, the setting to do it in. So this one wasn't the first one, but it broke into this like literal modern warfare. So it jumped 60, mm-hmm. 70 years into the future from the previous Call of Duties. And this Call of Duty is what accelerated this entire franchise into the giant that it is today. You know, it goes on to sell thousands and hundreds of thousands of copies. It breaks records all the time. You know, it has an am- amazing yeah. concurrent like player base. It's it's kind of unreal how big Call of Duty is. But we're going to start back in this mm-hmm. more humble era. An era that's looked back on with a bit more, you know, like love and nostalgia than the newer ones. The newer ones are kind of looked on as, you know, cash grabs, sellouts, yada, you know, the, the typical things people like to call whatever gets big nowadays. Call of Duty right. 4, Modern Warfare, which I will just be calling Modern Warfare, came out November 6th, 2007. Yeah. <clears throat> Charlie and I first experienced this game on the PS3, because that's what it came out on. And that's what we had. So, Charlie, if I can ask you, because I honestly don't remember mm-hmm. how we acquired it. When did we get yeah. Modern Warfare? Do you remember so how we actually acquired it to begin with? So, I don't remember specifically when we got this game. This was definitely a game probably you got more so than I got. I very vividly remember walking into a target uh, the target we used to live by in fact and seeing their display of the 360 and seeing i think it was call of duty 3 so the one right before this and being like wow this game looks amazing you know and we uh i think Mm -hmm. we were a little were we late to get yeah we were a little late to getting the playstation 3 at the time and yeah this was one of those ones that i think we got relatively early on um, it mm-hmm. being because we, you know, in the past very much were played, you know, Medal of Honor Frontline, uh, Medal of Honor Rising Sun, which Jack and I actually were reminiscing about yesterday. But, mm-hmm. you know, so we had played a lot of these games. And so I think, you know, going into Call of Duty, this Modern Warfare was kind of the next step in our, uh, you know, shooters, especially like the Call of Duty, uh, more of like war shooters. So, yeah, I don't remember when we got this. I, in fact, I was thinking about that, you know, all today. Didn't when we I rented said, it from Blockbuster? We could have. But I just, I remember playing it a lot. And that's yeah. that's really all I remember. You know, I don't remember the origin of that. So, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't have sure. a good memory for that type of thing. Yeah, like I can't, I'm not good at that kind of either, but... Regardless, not that big of a deal. All I'm going to say after we got it is this is the game that I like started playing more than almost any other game. And Charlie and I were both pretty into it at the time as well, especially the campaign, because this campaign Mm -hmm. was phenomenal. So unlike the other Call of Duty games, which have a distinct three country specific campaign style, I'm reading from the wiki right now, um, Call of Duty 4 
or Modern Warfare, has a more film-like plot with interlaced storylines from the perspective mm-hmm. of Sergeant Paul Jackson of the Marines and of Sergeant Soap McTavish of the British 22nd Regiment. So as you're playing through these missions, you'll play like a mission or two as um, Jackson, you play a mission or two as McTavish. And, mm-hmm. you know, sometimes you'll play as a guy in an AC-130 supporting, you know, one of the characters or your play. There's like, in the prologue, there's a uh, cinematic level where you're just like, going through the eyes of this president who's being, you know, captured and all that mm-hmm. kind of stuff. And what's interesting is that this game uh, takes place in 2011. And it's kind yeah. of, it's very real world-esque. Um because mm-hmm. here's here's the initial plot. So, in 2011, uh, I think it's Khaled Al Assad begins a coup in the Middle East, and Russia is in the midst of a in the midst of a civil war between the government and the ultra nationalists. Meanwhile, mm-hmm. Gaz, a member of the SAS regiment, informs Captain John Price, the leader of Bravo team, that a new recruit to the SAS, Sergeant John Soap McTavish, is joining their squad. So you kind of you first start off, we're just going to get into the missions here, and then I'll kind of go through the story. Yeah, go for it. You start the game, and the first thing you hear is Price, Captain Price, which is this iconic character in the Call of Duty world. He goes, what the hell kind of name is Soap? Because, you know, for some reason, a guy's name is Soap McTavish. I don't know why, but mm-hmm. that's just his name, so everyone calls him Soap. But so the the first mission you play is just a tutorial mission. You learn how to play the game. You run through like a little simulation. This is where you introduce uh, obviously your main character, Gaz, who plays an important role, uh, Captain John Price. There's a couple other guys, Mac, Lutz, Lovejoy, but they're kind of really, you know, just like side characters. They don't really do that much talking, really. And then after you play this FNG mission, you then go on to your first actual, like, deployment or assignment and so during this mission uh uh, hold on i'm I'm just trying to read and make sure i'm not you know skipping over anything you're fine no yeah go right sees the so in this mission the player takes control of soap during a special operation as the sas retrieve a package on board an estonian freighter known as the Hmm. oh gosh i'm gonna butcher this Valhatskut Anyways, this mission. Ah, yes. Yes, the Valkskute. Let me. Valjakutse. I'm not going to say it again. Anyways, Charlie, this mission, you know it. Yeah. You come in on the helicopter. Captain Price is smoking a cigar as you're going around this freighter. And he's like, all right, flicks it off into the ocean. You know, let's go. Yeah. You rappel down the rope. You get off. Ding. Flick on the night vision. And you start like, yeah. you know, making your way stealthily through this freighter. Chai, when you first played this, what were your thoughts? Because I already have thoughts mm-hmm. immediately as I'm, you know, thinking about it. Right. So to get into it, you know, it's such a jump playing those World War II games. Because, you know, World War II... Jack and I are pretty far removed for it from it. You know, we don't like our one of our great grandparents was I believe he signaled ships at like Pearl Harbor. So we, of course, have some stories passed down from World War Two. But right away, this game 
has a very different vibe. It is, of course it is modern, but it's not the traditional like open, you know, field battle. It's right away. It's almost invokes more of like a David Fincher or like espionage, like Jason Bourne, you know, style story where you are infiltrating the ship. And I remember it so good because, you know, back in 2007, this game looked incredible. And there's something so cool about you drop into the ship and your night vision turns on and you, it's pouring down rain. Oh yeah. And everything is all that has that glittering green and you have those really slick MP5s as you're going through the, the ship. And I just remember being, for the first time playing a shooter, just being very compelled by it. Cause it was like, Oh, mm-hmm. like this is more of a, you know, more of a little bit of a tactical, like espionage type situation. And of course it, it gets more into an all out shootout later, but yeah, that was my first initial, uh, impressions really is just how different it was and how into it I was because, you know, I had played various, campaigns where it's like oh hey now we're going to be in the battle of the bulge oh hey now we're you know assaulting this place or it's the uh, d-day invasion um and so coming into this one it immediately kind of shifts that perspective to these like small scale kind of encounters rather than these big like theater battles mm-hmm. so that was that was my first impression is just kind of that dark espionage vibe yeah kind of combined with just how good Call of Duty feels to play and just the way the guns sound and, you know, yeah, just the badass nature of, you know, Captain Price. Like you said, like that scene where he's like smoking his cigar and like <laughs> lights up his face and he tosses it. And yeah, there's also a scene where he like... <laughs> the traditional, like he's like a badass operative. like <laughs> Yeah, this guy like walks off a door, he like tackles him, like stabs him in the throat or whatever, you know, like it's... It's kind of yeah. cool because I remember this being the first time I really experienced like a shooter, especially being like this, you know, quote unquote intense. When I first played it, I was like, oh, my gosh. Yeah, this is so cool because, you know, it's quiet, taking it easy. And so you mm-hmm. land onto the ship and your objective is to find, you know, this. It is a suspected nuclear device. And so you're kind of going through trying to find this mm-hmm. and you get close to the ship. And, you know, I'm pretty sure you hear like a, Ge- a Geiger counter going off. You go in. Turns out to be plutonium. And then, out of nowhere, mm. you, Captain Price gets this signal over the radio. And it's like, hey, you got these, what, what they call fast movers approaching the ship. Meaning, like, basically these torpedoes are coming towards the ship to destroy it. And so, as soon as you get that, boom, the ship is hit. And it starts rocking back and forth. Water starts spilling in. And so, you have to yeah. evacuate from the ship as, like, it's basically, you know, falling into the ocean and just like sinking not falling sinking into the ocean (laughs) it's so cool because even in like so they remastered this game and in the remaster it's just the amount of effects and sounds that go on it's just it is so cool to like go from oh shooting shooting to i'm gonna die if i don't get off this ship like not even like you know five minutes later it is so much fun to play and like they're, you know, the ship like rocks back and forth. Your guy like stumbles in the water. Everyone in front of you is like stumbling around. And finally the helicopter pulls around. You guys are on the back of the ship. Everyone makes a jump. And then the ship sinks further because you're, you know, you're behind because obviously you're the main character. You have to have the most struggles. You run, jump, barely make it. And Captain Price grabs your arm, pulls you in, and you turn around. The ship's like, yeah. you know, sinking in. And so <laughs> it's just, the, it's so cool like everything that happens in this mission mm-hmm. is so cool and so eventually mm-hmm. you guys like all right so yeah 
we got the manifest, we got to go, we did all we could here. Then it kind of jumps into a strange level for Call of Duty that I don't really know if they've done since then. They probably have, um, but they didn't in the other Call of Duties that I've played. This mission is just called The Coup, and this is just really, you know, a perspective of Yasir Al-Fulani, Fulani, you know, sorry about the butchering of the names, but basically he's a president of, I forget which country this is, uh, da, da, da. let me just read the plot here. So, so it. it is shown through the perspective of the president who is driven through a city captured by al-Assad and his military force. During the drive, um, mm-hmm. the president sees al-Assad's forces grinding up and executing people, um, and these likely are sub- supporters of the president, or al-Fulani. At the end of the level, al-Fulani is executed, and there's a very iconic scene where, I think it's Zakayev, yeah. points the desert eagle at al-Assad, flips it around, hands it to him, also takes it. And then, so they're yeah. filming, it's like a live yeah. broadcast. And, he, you know, yeah. Coxon goes, this is how it begins. But he says it in Arabic. And then, boom, mm-hmm. shoots him. And that's how the level ends. And so you're just kind of seeing yeah. the whole setup for why you take control of Jackson, yeah. which is part of the USMC, the military. So... It's kind of a, yeah. it's a really brutal scene actually, but like it does a really good job in setting up like what's going on because like it is completely like out of control. Yeah. So, I mean, Charlie, do you remember this mission? Yeah, it not definitely, really, it's not really a mission, but. Yeah, so it definitely, it definitely falls, like the story of this one definitely falls into like kind of those, like almost like a modern Tom Clancy type story yeah, yeah. where you do see a lot of these things and it's a lot of big players moving and like using smaller people to start, you know, violence so they can get away with doing what they want to do. And so it's kind of this, I think that seems really important because it, you know, Call of Duty, you always think of it as, oh, hey, you're just going and you're shooting a bunch of guys. But like this, this mission, this little cutscene really shows you what's going on and what's how bad it is because later on i believe you know this is broadcast all over the world and that's when people are like okay we got to go do something and so you as the player are now like okay this is why we're fighting and so i think it's a really nice kind of a say like a stage setter for the game especially after you've seen the plutonium you know that there are the possibility of nukes going around and it's like, Oh, there's a leader. This president is just killed in public. And it's like, okay, like it's not, it's not just, you know, idle threats. Yeah. It's, this is bad. This is really bad. So, yeah. And so, yeah, I, yeah, I, so I, so did, I after this, it. you jump into a mission called blackout and again, you take control of soap McTavish. And this mission is to kind of, kind of, kind of, get more information on what's happening. And so the plot of this the plot of this one is again guys I'm reading from the wiki kind of directly just to help summarize it up a little bit. Shortly after Al-Assad makes his move and overthrows the government of the present Al-Fulani, the S- I'm probably butchering that and I apologize again, but the SAS learns that Nikolai, their informant who provided the SAS with intelligence on their previous mission right. aboard the Estonian freighter from the first one, um, has been compromised and taken prisoner by the rebel forces. Realizing that the ultra-nationalists intend to execute him as a traitor, 
Price leads a rescue mission into the uh, into the caucus to retrieve the inform the informant the informant, remarking that we take care of our friends. I know informant. I'm I'm butchering. I'm sorry. Inserting <laughs> near Nikolai's <laughs> position, the team first silently eliminates several guard posts before meeting up with Russian loyalist troops led by Sergeant Kamarov. Now, Charlie, do you remember this mission at all? Or not really? I do. This isn't this is not the AC. No, so this right? one it starts out you're walking up, you have your express weapon. Yeah, this guys, is you know, you guys like the guards just watching TV yeah. and stuff, and the Russians all like stand up from the tall grass and everything when you meet them. Right. And uh Yeah. Yeah. So I will say this these types of missions are the ones that tend to blur together in my mm. head and what st- like tends to stick out to me about this game are you know obviously there are some standout missions yeah. and standout scenes that happen later on that i think really are like great and so not while this one is not bad and while it's furthering it it does it's very gameplay heavy and yeah like you are rescuing this informant but like you know to me it's not that I tune off, but yeah, this is when it's just like, okay, I know what I'm supposed to do, and we're gonna do it. You know, it it loses, it doesn't lose like any of the uh, kind of gravity, mm-hmm. but I do think it does blend together with no. some other like the more generic. No, yeah, so missions. you kind of you're doing some so. shooting, you're doing some suppressing fire. This is where you take control of the sniper rifle, and you're kind of helping the forces move forward. And as you're going through this mission, Kamarov yeah. is being like real. He's like, oh, like I'm worried about my guys, yada, yada. And so eventually, Gaz is like, you know what? I've had enough of this. Basically threatens to throw Kamarov over this ledge and is like, we need to get to Nikolai now because we need him alive or he's going to die. And so he's like, okay, something, something in Russian. He's over here. Like, we'll go, we'll go, whatever. And so you finally go. And this is where you, again, night vision. And they cut the power off inside the house. And so the guys are like, it's pitch black yeah. and you're just in there with your silence pistol you know and there's a couple scenes in there where this guy is like he's just in this room so just shooting through the open door you know because he just he doesn't know what's going on and yeah everyone's kind of like what's what's happening and you you rescue nikolai helicopter called in just moments like that like the stealth in these games is so cool because like Mm -hmm. you feel like you have this base like superpower over your enemies it's it's a really yeah you know obviously it's a game. It's not real life, but in a game, it is such a cool feeling. Um, after this yeah. mission, no, I agree. You jump into your first actual um, mission with the USMC or playing as Paul Jackson. So mm-hmm. this mission, what a, what is your generic yeah, name? Paul Jackson. This mission is called uh, Charlie <laughs> Don't American Serve. Man. So Charlie, you should know this one. You know like the back of your hand <laughs> so this is reacting swiftly to the death of the president yasir at the hands of al-assad the u.s department of defense decides to launch an invasion in hopes of restoring order to the area and removing al-assad from power a large fleet of aircraft carriers amphibious assault ships and other navy ships stationed in the persian gulf deploy thousands of united states marines including the first force reconnaissance company this is like a lot of names <laughs> to a small coastal Gulf town yeah. via Black Hawk helicopters. According to the U.S. military intelligence and Marine spotters, Al-Assad mm-hmm. is broadcasting propaganda from a radio station on the west side of town. Flying through anti-aircraft and RPG yeah. fire, the Black Hawk helicopters managed to deploy Marines about 60 yards from the building 
who fast rope down and proceed towards the HQ building. Do you do you? Yeah. I'm, before I ask if you remember this mission, because I'm asking you that every time. I this is the one yeah. where you the music is playing. You know, you're going in. Yeah, that's exactly that's that exactly rock is exactly flying at say. you from the yeah. rooftops. Yeah. The guy's talking to you over the radio, and you know, you get in, you land, and then you basically assault this like broadcast station, and it is so. Yeah. I do remember cool. this. I do remember this very, very vividly, <laughs> and yeah. I mean, it's kind of, you know, your typical back yeah. and forth firing, you know, you're just kind of shooting, moving up, shooting, moving up until you kind of get into the actual broadcast building. And that's kind of when the story progresses more. Yeah, this this mission is such a nice change of pace from the other ones because the other ones are all, you know, oh, you're in dark. It's a little more stealthy. And this is like all out uh, chaos. And that's what I think really stands out to me for this one is just that that tone change where it's. You know, you got the the guitar riffs coming in. You sit down in a helicopter and you're jumping out, and you know it's just it's that brute kind of force American military yeah. thing where <laughs> you you spend you know with the SAS how they're so much more stealthy and like they're gonna infiltrate and they're gonna do this and this is just like no, we're gonna send some people in and we're gonna stop it. And it's really cool to like feel that and be a part of it. And I, you know that's what I, this game really sticks out to me just for like the chaos and like the chatter and like seeing a lot of this like military equipment and using it you know growing up playing just the world war ii games you get used to like that technology and then jumping to this game you're like oh my gosh like there's so many more things that that these people have Mm -hmm. access to and it's so yeah i i do remember this one a lot and i really like just the salting that you know the broadcast station i do think it's funny though how even though like we like i was like i've always been super into call of duty um and I always kind of put aside anything like political. I always play for just the game or whatever. But like, I've never like had the inclination to really join the military either. But it's funny how into this stuff I am. But I, I couldn't imagine actually joining the military. So mm-hmm. it's just, I could, I could, I shot guns, you know, all that kind of stuff. But man, I couldn't fly on a helicopter being shot up by RPGs and stuff, you know, if that actually, you know, were to happen. I, I don't know right. if I could do that. So it's kind of unreal. Anyways. So the reason yeah. you're breaking into this um, broadcast station is you believe Al Assad's there because you get this you're finding this live video feed that he's broadcasting from the station, and so after you break into this TV station, you're looking for him, looking, looking, looking. You break into the room that he's broadcasting from, and he's not there. It's just like a you know a false. It was like a false intel, and so basically, oh, what's the name of the mm-hmm. guys leading the whole? Operation, the freaking oh, what's the Marine's name? Lieutenant Vasquez, that's his name. He's like, oh, so I was not here. Mm-hmm. You know, it was a false, you know, whatever. And it was like, <laughs> all right, guys. So eventually, you're like, well, you know, we technically won, but we not really because we didn't get anything done to like stop this. It was just kind of basically a waste right. of time. And so after this mission ends, it fades to black, yeah. and then. This is when you, like, it's another very American mission. You start off in, like, on this tank. It's kind yeah. of, like, dusk. And then there's a shooting from the buildings. The tank gets blown up, you know, and you have to go into the buildings. And so this yeah. is called The Bog. And this one mission's very stand out mm-hmm. to me because this is where you use a javelin for the first time. And this is where you have to basically defend a tank that 
you know, it's yeah. broken down in this bog, hence why it's called bog. You have to defend it while they kind of send in reinforcements to repair yeah. it and stuff like that. And so the the plot of this one is that the bog follows Sergeant Paul Jackson's squad under Lieutenant Vasquez as they fight the enemy lines to reach and defend a disabled M1A2 Abrams tank with the call sign of War Pig. Which I mean, tanks always have the coolest names. I'm just saying, War Pig is a great name for a tank. War Pig. Uh, and so, da, 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 da. I'm trying to see if there's any like, you know, really important like story stuff, or if this is just. A, I think this is just a rescue mission. Yeah, this is just a rescue mission. So I was say, this one is more rescue. There's a rescue mission later that I think is mm-hmm. a little bit. So more this telling, is kind of but... like a. It's a cool rescue mission. And it's really intense. And if you guys have ever played this mission, it's just it's just great. Like I don't really know what to say. But like something about just hearing the chatter of like the Marines and you know, just using all that kind of equipment is so much fun. And I don't know. It's it's hard to describe if you haven't played, but if you it, you can play this game. It's a fun game to play. Anyways, after the Bach. <laughs> Look, I just weird. <laughs> I hope that people are sticking with me. I know I'm not the best at reading through things like this, but you know, the more you do it, the better you get. So You're doing I'm fine sweating now. over here. Let me take a drink. Shakely grabs the drink. No. Okay. So the next oh mission, gosh. you go back to controlling Soap McTavish. And this mission is called Hunted. And Charlie, you probably remember this one this is where you actually have to uh so let me read the plot here hunted continues where the mission blackout left off on the way to the germany's safe house to deposit nikolai the occupants of the helicopter spot a bright light coming into the sky a stinger missile is heard and the helicopter is hit and shot down and you know boom explodes you nikolai captain price gav you guys survive The pilot doesn't, sadly. Um, <laughs> so, and then you have these helicopters yeah. and these different forces that are trying to figure out if the people from the crash are still alive. And so, you have to make your way kind of stealthily, but also not stealthily. It's all about kind of cover in this one. Uh, so, <clears throat> after this helicopter mm-hmm. notices you, mm-hmm. you kind of have to make your way to these different points, defend for a bit, move forward, defend a little bit, move forward. Um, and so, eventually, this whole time you have this helicopter following you, and you make your way to this barn that has the stinger missiles that shot your helicopter down. And so then, you play obviously. So you grab the stinger and shoot the helicopter. It sends out these flares. The stinger doesn't work. Load up another one. Shoot it. Boom! You blow it up. It goes down. Dope. Sick. After heading out of the barn, after you guys have dealt mm-hmm. with everything, the squad is met by a huge convoy of enemies that is decimated by heavy fire from an AC-130. And this mission is where you, yeah, you know, you yeah. feel ultimate power in controlling this AC-130. And this mission is called Death from Above. And Charlie, mm-hmm. before I even describe this one, do you remember this mission? Tell me about it. Tell me about yeah. it. Oh, yeah. You know, so... It's like I said, you, Jack, it does give you this ultimate sense of power because you're in this basically like this flying, <laughs> you know, weapon of death. 
and you have these different cameras and these different guns and you can see heat signatures. And so you can just plow down enemy troops. But I think what's good about it too is that there's like a cold Mm -hmm. quietness about it that takes away any humanity that you might feel for the people on the ground because you're defending your squad from this like vehicle and you know you're just shooting the huge cannon it's and you hear the shell like load back in and it's the ground and the guy's like and yeah we're okay we're going ahead and we're loading oh yeah we can't get a sight line on this guy and it's just like oh my gosh like you're just like tearing people up down there because this like is you know like like if you thought the helicopter was like a anno- like annoying like this thing like how mm-hmm. would you even deal with something like this like this is just but it is a really cool mission and it really breaks up kind of the normal flow of combat which is why it sticks out to me so yeah big fan of this big fan of feeling really powerful but also that same moment where you're like it's kind of creepy though like it's kind of creepy that yeah this is what warfare has become like you don't even see the person you're shooting at anymore you just know that you've yeah. eliminated a group of six people and so and that's it. again this is where like you know call of duty is a, a big name especially like i'm just gonna bring up politics again it's kind of a big name sometimes because people get brought up it's like oh like these games are making kids violent and stuff like that i'll be honest with you all of like everyone in my family's played it i know like, a bunch of friends that played it and none of us have been like in any actual fights or, you know, have wanted to just get a gun and, like, just go shoot it or whatever, you know, unless it's, like, like an actual firing range. You know, so it's, like, you know, just, it's it's a game. And so you kind of have to separate that it's it's a game from reality because they're very different things. I mean, even Ellie now, mm-hmm. she's playing Minecraft. She, she knows Minecraft isn't real. You know what I mean? So it's it's just kind of a... Right. It's... it's um, What's it? It's a, is it a straw man argument? Is that what I'm talking about? Is that what I want to say? I don't, I don't really know. Well, yeah. I mean, it's, you know, I feel like with this, especially with uh, Call of Duty Modern Warfare, so the fourth Call of Duty, um, this one didn't really garner too much controversy. Like, the, it's very notable because especially with some missions we'll talk about later. Mm-hmm. But I feel like it's more the second game, especially there was a very infamous level called No Russian. And even the game itself <clears> says, hey, there's a mission in here that people find upsetting. Do you want to play it? And so, yes, while it is a video game and it celebrates, you know, military technology or military operations, I don't and it does glorify it. For me, it doesn't. It doesn't feel like a propaganda tool yeah. to be like, oh, hey, go join the military. It feels more like you're watching like a movie or like a war movie. Like it's because there is a level where it's like, oh, man, this is so realistic. But also you're surviving helicopter. Yeah. Crashes. Also, you're, you're shot six times. You go by into some cover yeah. and you're right. back to full health. So, you know, so it's, you know, while while it is realistic in quotes, it's not trying to i don't think it's trying to send a message other than to be like a thriller you know have like this thriller like of a storyline yeah so it's yeah to me that's kind of where that i draw the line and yeah i i think that argument that like video games cause violence is kind of silly just because you know god what i was thinking of is recently kate and i were watching something and i don't remember what happened oh we were watching the walking dead and so spoilers for the walking dead Spoilers for Negan, so go ahead and turn this off, and I'll tell you when it's done, but Negan kills some of the main characters, 
and he bashes their skulls in and is incredibly violent and you see it all like you see the guy's eye pop out and his head bashed in well in the comics right negan is like cursing every word like he's saying like i'm not gonna to keep this a little bit more pg for audience you know he's saying the f word literally every other thing but of course on tv you can't say the f word but you can show somebody's head getting smashed in yeah and so it's like when things like that are happening and i'm like i don't think a video game's doing anything like if we're more concerned about like a swear word than we are with showing abhorrent violence yeah or if we're going to show all this violence but then we can't show you know any nudity it's like, come on, where do you draw the line for like that argument that media is influencing how people live their real life? That's for me, that's kind of the argument. So, yeah. So anyways, continuing on from that, like I said, everything, this is just a game there. It's not like, I don't think it's propaganda, but I know. Anyways, I just want to make sure everyone isn't just knows that it's, it's a game. You know, we're not like trying to glorify anything anyways. The next level, after all that kind of good stuff, after you get, you know, from the AC-130, you make sure Slip McTavish and Price gets where they got to go. This next mission is called Warpig. This takes place directly after Warpig has been fixed. You're good to go. And you start in the bog. Yeah. It's been fixed by the engineers. The squad has to push forward into enemy territory. And after defeating a counterattack on their position... Warpig and Lieutenant Vasquez's squad move down the street, and after clearing the main street, the team eliminates the enemies which have gathered in two buildings which are heavily guarded with troops and machine guns. This whole mission is so cool because you have the tank just going, and like just like blowing things yeah. apart, and it is so cool just like watching that thing just move like that. It's really cool. After killing all the enemies and destroying an enemy tank, Vasquez and Sergeant Paul Jackson leave to finish off al-Assad so this mission is actually pretty short and you're just kind of progressing through a little you're Mm -hmm. progressing down a street basically um but a lot happens while you're doing this so it's just a lot of shooting 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 that's about it the next level is where it gets really distinct and really kind of intense yes this one's called shock and awe and this mission takes place directly after War Pig. So, Sergeant Paul Jackson and the rest of Vasquez's squad joins an attack on what they believe to be Azad's position. Jackson provides firing support with the MK-19 grenade launcher on a helicopter, while First Force Recon attacks Azad's city, uh, capital city. After unloading half their chalk, I, which I don't know what chalk means really, Vasquez and his team uh, relieve a squad, which is a which is the advanced team that is being attacked. Uh, Mm -hmm. Cobra helicopter Deadly, that's the name of the helicopter, came by after refueling and rearming, and after clearing the area, the Marines start extracting from the city due to a nuclear threat discovered by SEAL Team 6. As they're leaving, Deadly is shot down, and Vasquez's squad stops to rescue the pilot Mm -hmm. with command warning them that they're not in a safe distance in the event that the nuke goes off. So this whole mission is like, you feel so yeah. tense because you see it shot down, boom, your helicopter circles around yeah. and you're, the whole time the pilot's like, I'm low on fuel, we're low, we got to go. The Vasquez and you guys are like, we got to go down there and help because the pilot, she's still alive. And so you go down 
you know, all these enemies are coming after her. You go up, you pick her up, you have her pistol out, you take her to the helicopter, you get in. It it's yeah. really intense because this whole time you just hear this chatter. There's an imminent imminent threat of a nuke going off. Everyone's leaving. Everyone's leaving. Yes. So you rescue yeah. the pilot. Yeah. And while you get in, you go up. Yeah. The, this bomb it does go off. <laughs> and on the mm-hmm. so it goes off on the orders of Vladimir Makarov, as, which is revealed in a later Call of Duty. Um, but the blast mm-hmm. wave causes the helicopters to crash back onto the ground, eventually killing the player and about thirty thousand other U.S. troops and any remaining other like enemy soldiers. Yeah. And then directly after this, I'm yeah. just gonna go into it because it kind of ties in. You just play this mission called Aftermath, which. Jackson wakes up from the crash. Everyone's either dying or dead. You get out. Mm-hmm. You got you fall down from the back of the helicopter. And, you know, you look around. You just see this giant mushroom cloud. And there's just, like, you know, particles, yeah. like, raining down. Super eerie. Just super ominous. And that's when you're, like, mm-hmm. it's, it's horrible. Yeah. Like, it's just a horrible, horrible thing. And then, yeah. you know, the screen fades and... Uh, the satellite eventually it's like satellite kind of ping comes up and she says kia or kill in action so this is kind of when i was like this is a game that is going to just be in my memory forever because this is like i've never seen anything remotely like this in a game before and so it's just it's a super iconic and very powerful moment in almost any video game that i've played Mm -hmm. so try what are your what are your thoughts man well, like you said, so, you know, at the start, it's such this chaotic mission where you're going up in the helicopter, coming back down. And when you finally think you've got out and you're safe, of course, the nuke goes off. And you, you know, you always hear about how powerful nuclear bombs are. And I really think seeing it from this perspective in this game gives you a very clear definition for how horrible these weapons are. I mean, mm-hmm. the shockwave alone just disables the helicopters and your helicopter spins out. You know, people are flying out of the helicopter and then it crashes. And yeah, you just wake in this apocalypse. You know, all you hear is the sound of these collapsing buildings and your your character is dying and you just, your last image is just of the mushroom cloud. And the sky is this like horrible kind of rusty red color. There's nuclear fallout everywhere. I mean, it's, it's like very somber and very grim. And it's such a stark end to like all of that, like bravado with the guitar and stuff. When it's just, you know, the quiet, just the wind and the collapsing buildings and everything's on fire and everybody's either dead or dying. It's just like, Oh my gosh, like what in the world? Yeah. Like what? It's like you you see why like like it I mean it gives you like this perspective you know of just like of how bad things can be you know that no matter how bad you think it is like as you're playing it this is like the pinnacle of how bad it can be and so you know eventually after this mission ends you go back as playing a soap because you know surprise Jackson's not alive anymore um right. And what even sucks about this is Al-Assad is still alive this whole time. He wasn't there. So yeah. like Yeah, he wasn't he wasn't even there. Yeah. <laughs> he was just drawing people to his spot. Exactly. And so, you know, after all of this, you go back as playing as um soap and you're with Nikolai and you're Captain Price. And Nikolai has told Price that 
Al-Assad, again, may be hiding in a safe house located in... I'm not even going to pronounce his name. Azerbaijan. That's That sounds right. Which um, he has used previously. Um, da, 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 da. Yes, okay. So you're dropped off at the team where you believe he's hiding. The team, supported by some Russian loyalists uh, and a helicopter, you search the buildings for Al-Assad. Eventually... You do actually find Al-Assad in the last of the buildings. Price kills Al-Assad's bodyguards and tackles Al-Assad to the ground and continually punches him. Yeah. Soon after that, Price ties him to a chair, interrogates him, demanding to know who gave Al-Assad the bomb, punching him again and again. A cell phone rings in which Gaz picks it up and tosses it to Price. Price listens, Mm -hmm. gets mad. Doesn't he go, it's for you? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Price listens, gets mad, and then he turns to Al-Assad and kills him by shooting him with a pistol. As Gaz asks who was mm-hmm. on the phone, Price says that it was Imran Zakayev and finds out that he is the leader of the four yes. horsemen. This is when <laughs> you play yeah. the iconic mission, all gillied up. Right. Now, Charlie, I'm gonna I'm not even gonna yeah. describe this one. I'm sh- I'm you know it. You're basically yeah. getting to Zakayev. Mm-hmm. What do you need, what do you want to say about this mission? So this mission is why I wanted to talk about this game in general. I mean, this one in like aftermath and well, like, you know, real quick, this you this so this mission is actually yeah. backstory for price. Interesting. Did, did you know that? Uh, so how they didn't get Z- so yeah, they, so how they this didn't is, get Zekhaev. This is how they didn't get Zekhaev in the first place. Yes. Right. Yeah, so it's it's I think this mission is so cool. Like you and you know, you get all suited up and you're crawling through, uh, what the blast radius of Chernobyl. Right. And so and that's the way where the iconic line, you know, that I messed up earlier where it's 50,000 people used to live here. Now it's a ghost town. So you're literally going through a ghost town and you go to the very top of this building. You get set up. You wait up there for sniper three rifle, and you have days. To, like, this is three days. You and Captain McMillan are waiting up yeah. there. And so, yeah, you stand up there and then you finally scope them up. The cars drive up and you, you know, shoot the shot and you blow off one of the villain's arms. And it's just like this whole mission and the one after it where you're running. I just think it's really cool. I mean, it's. I mean, talk about how like how you go from these missions to where it is like, oh, hey, we're fighting in a dusty alley and it's we're shooting back and forth. And then this mission is all just about quiet and stealth Mm -hmm. and no one's supposed to know you're here and then even you know coming up to the end like the tension where you really want to stay hidden and Mm -hmm. as you i mean i might be mixing together the missions after this but you're crawling through the field and there's all those guys that are looking for you and i mean it's just i think it's fantastic like this this mission is this mission and the one that follows it I think is just really good. It's really haunting, really spooky. And it totally is like right in line with that espionage. I'm going to be, you know, stealth. We're going to wait here for days for our target. And yeah, let's, let's do it. So yeah, I'm, I'm all for this one. I mean, this one, this mission alone, I feel like is worth playing this call of duty Yeah, because I think it is just so good. It's, it's so good and it's cool and it's, not to mention, like, even at the end with how everything kind of ends up, I just think it's very, 
very good. So I mean, it has the like, high marks. This, I mean, go ahead. it's got the iconic parts with. So it takes past like this is like a, with a young Captain Price, and so uh, Zakaya, the guy you're trying to hunt down and kill, you're going through this whole. You know, you get the suits. You're like, okay, we're gonna shoot at the same time. You know, and two guys down at once, and you guys are you're crawling, crawling. You have to make sure like you aren't spotted, that kind of stuff. And this is the first mission. I think it's the first mission where. No, it's not. But this is a distinct mission where if a dog jumps on you, you can snap the dog's neck. So it's kind of horrible, but it's also very intense <laughs> if you get spotted by a dog. So yeah. you don't want to be. But yeah, after you go and you hide up in this yeah. hide up in this uh, tall building, you're up there waiting. He's like, all right. You're like, the whole time, uh, Captain, Captain McMillan's talking to you, like, going for the wind, the bullet travel, like, all that kind of stuff, you know. And you're waiting. He's right there. You're about to take mm-hmm. the shot. This helicopter flies right in front of you, and you're like, "No, no, no!" And then it moves finally, and then you don't know where he is. Comes back up yeah. holding his briefcase, and you're okay. We about to take the shot. The wind dies down. Boom! You shoot with this 50 caliber gun. Takes off his arm. <laughs> he goes flying to the ground, and so you think you got him. You think you got him, but you know yeah. you're not really sure because then yeah. this helicopter goes right in front of you, like right in front, of your, right in front of where you're aiming. Boom, boom, boom! You shoot down the helicopter. <laughs> So then you rappel down. You got to run, 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 run. Eventually, uh, Captain McMillan yeah. gets his leg wounded. You got to carry him, put him down. You know, like It's just, mm-hmm. it gets really intense out of nowhere. And it's done yeah. so well. Yeah. And then right after all of that, you jump back into some more typical Call of Duty shooting and moving, shooting and moving. So this yeah. level um, takes place with... Price, Soap, you know, you're controlling Soap this time, not Price. Uh, Gaz and a couple other people providing some machine gun fire. The original plan is, is to Detroit, is to deploy charges at a Phase Line Alpha near Church and Phase Line Bravo near Tavern and then hold out until extraction at a landing zone. So, and I want to like summarize this, but it's been so long that I'm having to just read through it real quick. So, yeah, I was going to say, I have to say, I really highly remember like the, you know, the Gilly mission and then the nuke going off with the American mission. But mm-hmm. I think nothing really, again, sticks out to me until the end. Well, this part might. So after so this mission is just kind of set up for the next one where you and your whole squad basically disguise yourselves as these um, ultra nationalists. And you're kind of waiting for Zakaev's son. Do you remember this mission? Yeah. And you're okay, we're gonna I do I'd be at this outpost, you know, act normal, act normal, act normal. And then I forget what gives it away. Something gives it away as like your guys are checking with like this uh uh what's it called? This caravan that's going through. It's like that's him. No one do anything. Mm-hmm. Nobody do anything. And then something happens, right. some guys get killed, and then he takes off, you know, he starts running, and so you need him alive, so you're chasing, you're chasing, yeah. you're chasing. And this whole mission, you're like, I see him, and you want to, like, shoot him. You want to just, like, take him out, but you can't. And so you just have to follow him. You get up to the top of this building. You and your buddies corner him. And then he's just standing there, and then, boom, he he shoots himself. And Price is like, yeah. Because you need to get information on Zakaev, because he's kind of, like, one of the big ringleaders of this whole thing, you know? So, yeah. You're like, I, I don't. He's the one responsible for the bomb yeah, going on. Yeah, and so you're stuff, like, what, so. what's what's going on? Like, And so Price is super mad, but then this kind of gives 
uh, Zakaya more infor- like more motivation to like kind of you know yes you know do more insane things basically. So, Chai, do you remember this yeah. mission at all, or you know, like bit? I said, not too much. I, I like I have hints and flashes there, but without going back through and really replaying it, I don't know if I really remember too much of this mission in particular. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, like, I remember chasing the guy because I yeah. remember I specifically shot him a couple times. I'll be like, "Oh, shoot him in the legs!" And it's <laughs> he like, kills him. Yeah, you lost. And I'm like, "Oh." <laughs> So yeah, I do remember. So in this, and so in the, in the next mission, this is where you rescue this guy named Griggs, who um, I think he's in some later Call of Duties. But you have to rescue him because his emergency transponder goes off. And after you rescue him, uh, you make your way to this electric tower, which soap you actually set some C four and you bring it down with you bring down this whole tower uh, C four, and it's it's super cool because it disables power long enough for you to get in to infiltrate cool. the nuclear facility. Yeah. And this is the mission, I believe, unless I'm misremembering. As you're basically getting to the end, missiles start launching. And two of these missiles yes. from the yeah. facility, um, this is in Zakaev's revenge for the death of his son. The missiles head towards the eastern United States with casualties projected to be yeah. approximately 40 million. I think everyone remembers who yeah. played this. The whole scene of Price is like, you know, we have missiles launched, missiles launched, you know, like, and you just see these huge yeah. missiles going. Oh, it, it's so spooky because you and the game has already set you up like you already know what this is going to be like. It's just going to be worse. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, it's, this is a, like they're heading for like home territory. So you're like, oh, God, like we need to stop this. And it, it feels like hopeless. You're like, what do we do? What do we do? Yeah. And so then on this next mission, you. Uh, so the two nuclear ICBMs, I think it's, I don't, I forget what that stands for. Someone's going to tell me what this stands for, but, um, Inter- intercontinental ballistic missile. You got it. You got it. It was in yeah. the brain somewhere. You figure out these missiles have been launched <laughs> by the ultra nationalists and it has been confirmed that they're heading straight for the Eastern seaboard of the United States where they will claim the lives of 41 million Americans if they reach their targets. Back at the base command is working with the Russian loyalists do get the mission abort codes with the with both the SAS and the USMC ground teams attempt to enter the launch site where they can enter the abort codes. Uh, the two teams get to the launching facility, right. but unfortunately there are numerous guards blocking their path and three BMP-2 light tanks. Uh, they go through the launch sites where John, Soap, McTavish, and Griggs destroy the armor while the rest of the team take out the men. After much fighting, the soldiers finally get to the vents, cut them open, and begin to rappel down to where the facility is and to disable the missiles mid-air um and this triggers the next mission which is no fighting in the war room which i don't rem- i honestly don't remember this mission i'll be honest with you so i'm just gonna read the plot i apologize listeners but i'm just yeah. gonna read the plot of this one like yeah like i said while i really enjoy the story of this i do sometimes wish you could have or maybe it's more of a matter of like, I wish we could have a game that was less structured on like that. Cause Call of Duty is not really like this anymore, but the way it used to be is that like, Oh, Hey, you have all these guys coming out of this point, the spawn point. And if you stay still and you don't move forward, guys will just keep coming out. And so you're very much incentivized to like push forward. Mm-hmm. So you can then trigger kind of the next wave of attackers. Yeah. 
I kind of wish it was a little bit less like that at some points and you would, it was more like, Hey, this is the static number of dudes. And now you're going to go. Cause it does end up, you know, blending together for me when you hit those longer missions where you're, it's a lot of firefights. Yeah, for sure. Which is fine. I mean, like that's what call of duty is for. And I mean, it's a shooter, but like, I'm I'm more here for the story yeah. at this point. You know what I mean? Like I want I want to know I want to stop the nukes. So, so yeah, like, you this know. next mission, you infiltrate the facility. You get in. You and Griggs, you know, you're kind of making your way to the actual codes. You have everyone else kind of fighting off the people. You eventually you do enter in the abort codes. You stop the missiles. I think you make them either explode or mm-hmm. you know dud or I don't really know how that works, but like you basically abort them from reaching their des- their destinations. And at the end of yes. that mission, yeah. you see Zakaev leaving in a helicopter, and then you're like, we got to go get this guy. And so this is when you and your team are driving yeah. in this vehicle down mm-hmm. this road. There's helicopters, and like it's kind of, it's almost Uncharted-esque because there's so much that's happening. Yeah. Helicopters shooting at you. You're shooting them down. You're shooting at people. Eventually, as you're driving across this bridge, the bridge explodes. And yeah. So mm-hmm. this mm-hmm. also destroys your car, flips it over. Everyone kind of loses consciousness. And you, so Soap wakes up. You're, this is Soap's perspective. I'm going to read the plot from here because this is the last mission. Yeah. We're trying to get this kind of out of the way. And then we're going to talk about the multiplayer. Yeah. Yada, yada. Anyways, Soap briefly loses consciousness, but quickly awakens to see Greg's trying to pull him into cover while firing his nickel-plated M1911 at enemy mm-hmm. forces. Once Greg fires off all his rounds, he switches to his M249 saw, which is a big kind of LMG, turns and begins to fire, but is quickly shot in the head. Uh, soon after that, Captain Price is incapacitated, mm-hmm. and Sakaev, along with two ultranationalist soldiers, move in to finish off Gaz and two other SAS members. But before they can execute soap, yeah. So they're just yeah. like killing off kind of, all of your party yeah. members at this point. Like it's <laughs> it's, it's pretty brutal. Like mm-hmm. it's like because yeah, no, Zakai's coming there. And he has that what he has that golden desert eagle. Is that what he's yeah, using? Yeah, pretty much. Or is um, that the other guy? I yeah, think he's I, just you know yeah. your guys are wounded on the ground, and you're like, oh my gosh, yeah. we're all so gonna die here. And he's as this is happening, <laughs> um, a loyalist um, Mi twenty eight Havoc. I think it's a helicopter. Um, comes to the team's aid and during the distraction captain price regains his consciousness mm-hmm. and slide this is the iconic he slides soap a fully loaded pistol yeah. Yeah. allowing him to shoot all the dudes and, yeah. and so you, your guy go <laughs> <laughs> you know and you get the it's he slides it yeah it's so it's cool so and after killing zakayev um the loyalists uh you know they get soap and they were uh, to a Russian medic, and they're attempting to revive him. They're t- attempting to revive a seemingly unresponsive Captain Price. As Soap is lev- leveled up to the helicopter, he passes out, yeah. and a British newscaster is heard telling the world about the events in Russia, as well as the search of a cargo ship lost in the Bering Strait mm-hmm. being called off. So, event- you basically, you know, you save the world, essentially. And the way this mission ends yeah. is so, like, even though, like, it's horrible, you lost your guys, you're like... Oh my gosh, like at least 41 million people didn't die. You know what I mean? So like you said, there are a couple of slogs right. in the game right. where it's just a lot of shooting, especially if you're on a harder difficulty. But you know, oh yeah. This game overall like is just super iconic. It has a lot of like really good lines, really great characters that it introduces. 
mm-hmm. and just its ability to kind of keep you engaged with a narrative while switching from character to character, I think is done very well. And yes. you know, it's a good it's I a good agree. change of pace of like slow yeah. to fast, slow to fast. A lot happens, not mm-hmm. a lot happens, but a lot of meaningful stuff happens when not a lot is happening. So it's I think it's done very well for right. like especially like a, a shooter game. Very so, yeah. Overall, I really enjoy the no, campaign of this game, Call of Duty Modern Warfare. It's like mm-hmm. Call of Duty 4 Modern Warfare. Um, Super good, super well done. Yeah. I mean, hopefully you guys were able to bear with me through my horrible reading of the plots. But, uh, you know, we're going to move on to <laughs> the multiplayer, which I didn't play as much as a later Call of Duty. We'll, we might talk about that one day, depending on how this episode's received. But, Charlie... The multiplayer. This is one of the few Call of Duties you played yep. somewhat, actually. So I did. Yeah. I mean, I just want to get your thoughts. Basically, the multiplayer so, is. Yeah. yeah. You go. You go ahead. You go ahead. I'll try. To, I'll try to keep my thoughts brief here. But um, you know, I traditionally don't like competitive multiplayer, really, because I like having my time to think and to act and to have a lot of agency in the games I play. And sometimes when you're playing multiplayer, especially the further I've gotten from being good at them and the older I've gotten, I've just gotten worse. But this game, like the multiplayer, this was so fun because it was, you were almost like you get, it was that first time where I was like, oh, like after, it's not just I'm killing dudes. After I finish my match, I'm unlocking stuff. Mm -hmm. And I'm unlocking different attachments. I have these different perks I can use. I have different kill streaks. And it was like, all of a sudden I was like, oh, like I can, even if I lose a match or even if I get killed a bunch, I'm still unlocking something or I'm still pushing towards something. Mm-hmm. And that was like, that that uh, that drive to like check the boxes and to fill up the bars, that really got me for a while. And I... Yeah, I I remember playing that multiplayer a lot until I kind of got tired of it and kind of stopped. You know, like I definitely did not play it as much as you, Jack. But um, I have very fond memories of the multiplayer, especially like they had like one on one matches. Oh, yeah. I believed, and I actually still have some friends on my PSN where we had like really good like one on one sniper matches. Like there's that's this guy about. that yeah. I see online still. His name's Spike, and that's where I first added him as a friend. Is we had these sniper matches in the bog level. <laughs> where it was like me and him and we were like you know oh he got a kill and then i got a kill he got two more kills and you know i'm on the edge and so yeah i have a lot of really fun memories Mm -hmm. of this uh you know memories now that are kind of taken up more by battle royales and less by like actual like deathmatch capture flag uh uh you know yeah i think so that is my very brief kind of dive into this multiplayer has a special place in my heart because it was the first time like i really got involved like playing online anything and so I wasn't very good at it, but I just I remember playing it so much and it was just a really new and fun experience for me. And I still enjoy playing multiplayers a lot. It is more battle royales now, but you know, it's just I love, you know, search and destroy. It's a six V six. You only have one life per round. There's three rounds. Back in this back in this game there was three rounds. And, you know, whoever gets the to three first wins. And so you're like all right, we go in. Dude, there's one guy. Dude, there's another guy. You go plant the bomb. Dude, 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 dude. Bomb's planted. You know, you go 
find some cover and you just try to make sure the bomb doesn't get diffused and just having a lot of these fun memories and Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. oh like okay i'm gonna use the ak-47 put a suppressor on it you know use like these different perks and yeah it's just it was a really fun and new experience that i still it still clicks a lot of you know buttons for me today just being able to customize things like that and ever since then like in games i look for being able to customize weapons in that kind of similar way you know, just to add some mm-hmm. personalization mm-hmm. Yeah. to it. You know, that's what was so kind of that's what enthralls me to just be able to kind of put my own little mark on it. So I really, you know, I really enjoyed playing this multiplayer, and it it kind of led me to get really into it when Modern Warfare Two came out. That was like my biggest mm-hmm. for foray into multiplayer ever. Actually, is that I played that more than I probably played any other game. So, you know, right now, you know, I think other than that, there's not much left to be said. Call of Duty is just like a really good game overall. You know, you can't really play multiplayer now. Mm -hmm. It's not really supported that much. A lot of uh, hackers are in the lobby. Well, they do have the remaster. Yeah, the remastered's out. Yeah. But, you know, if you guys haven't played it or you guys are like, oh, Call of Duty, I would look into, especially uh, if you have a playstation 4 or just any newer console whatever the remastered version mainly you get it for the campaign in my opinion it's it's very very good so yeah um it's just, it's just it a good game so i highly encourage you to give it a try and i don't know i hope we covered this well enough but i mean what more can be said it's just a very iconic game and yeah I don't know. Try. Do you think I'm missing anything or no? I mean, I guess to wrap it up, you know, like I like this is the shooter. So like I typically come from a game where I like strategy games or like Japanese role playing games or whatever fantasy games. Uh, this is a shooter that I really got into and I still remember fondly. And like I've gone through and played missions again and, you know, like so it's coming from somebody who doesn't normally like these types of games highly recommended and definitely if you have the chance to play it uh check it out it's very engaging very fun you could even play it on a difficulty that makes it you know or you can kind of just more like push through i remember when you played on the hard difficulty jack and you were going to the radio station in one of the early missions the amount of grenades the uh enemy (laughs) you know the enemy uh (laughs) the enemy people would throw at you i I just remember sitting there and jack's like these guys keep throwing grenades at me and I look at the screen, and it's like, ting, 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 four grenade. <laughs> like, no, you, you get shot once on veteran difficulty, and your screen goes red. Your guy's hurt super bad, so you get it behind cover, and then ting, ting, grenades. And you just, you're throwing back grenades the whole time you're coming yeah. back up. I literally remember you know, Jack like horrible. hiding behind cover and just throwing back grenades as a weapon, and I was like, what is going on? So like, be warned if playing at a harder difficulty is definitely some weird stuff that happens. I remember it more in uh, World at War, actually, where the, oh my the difficulty gosh. was insane. No, that <laughs> so, ending mission where you're assaulting the capital. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Oh, God. Well, definitely, everybody, if you enjoyed this conversation, we'll definitely have to talk about World at War. World at War is another really cool one. Really yeah, cool story. Sure. Uh, I mean, World at War and then, like, the first Black Ops, like, I think... And even like Modern Warfare 2, like, oh, yeah, got, like they Call of Duty, like there is a reason Call of Duty is get, like good. Their games are quality and like those releases, like oh, World yeah. at War, Black they definitely Ops, hit their Modern stride 
with like Modern so Warfare, good. like Call of Duty Four, oh. World of War, Modern Warfare yeah. Two, Black Ops. Like they were hitting their stride. Like it was a really yeah. campaign was good, multiplayer was good. They had like some special ops mm-hmm. missions, zombies. It was all like super well done. So they had they that had ops a really arcade. good. Oh, yeah, very no. good. But guys, I think yeah, I think that's gonna be it for today's episode. Um, I apologize if I kind of stumbled through some of this. Um, it's not that I was necessarily nervous, but I'm just not usually kind of taking the lead on subjects. So uh, if you have ways I can improve yeah. or anything like that, I would love to hear them. But if you think I did fine and I'm just overthinking it, cool. I appreciate it. But cool. I th- I'm going to close this off here, Charlie. So do you want to close us yeah, off anywhere? No, go or? for it, dude. All righty. Well, guys, as always, you can find us on Instagram. Twitter, Facebook, Spotify, of course, where you're listening to this on, hopefully, at uh, Rackenter Collection. You can also email us at rackentercollection at gmail.com, and we have a Patreon, the Rackenter Collection. We'd love your support there if you guys can offer up some money to uh, you know, just either help us, you know, figure out what we're going to do next, or you know, pay for some ads when we start doing that, or who knows, you know? We have a lot of different things we're going to be doing with this show in the, hopefully, very near future. Um... You know, if you guys have any comments, questions, or feedback, like I said earlier, message us on like Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. We'll we'll get back to you. Don't worry, we will get back to you. Either Charlie or I will. Our music was provided by the wonderfully talented Tyler Cunningham. Really appreciate him, you know, creating that music. Uh, just makes a lot of cool stuff in general. If you guys need something, he's he's got something for you. So, other than that, I think we're good. Charlie, you wanna? Add anything, or you just want to open that door to the tavern? You know what? I'm opening the door to the tavern. We're opening it up. I look over my shoulder as I open the door. Tales of Ephemera, coming soon. (laughs) It's plastic. Then I close the door really quick. (laughs) Snap it closed. But then you notice my hand is caught in the door, (laughs) and I'm struggling to get it free. And you hear me grunting in pain. Awkwardly trying to... <laughs> Someone help. No, I all I all I really have to say is everybody, thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Rack and Shirt Collection, and uh, we will talk to you again next week at the same time as we always do. Sounds good to me. Alrighty, all right, everybody. Talk to See you. See you. Goodbye. Bye. Hey, fill me up a drink here. Yeah, <laughs> 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 All right, bye. <laughs>